0: Socially Good Media presents The Socially Good Podcast. I'm John Gilbert, who along with members of the team from the award-winning social marketing agency Eskimo Soup, will be shining a light on the latest and the greatest in media communications. Hello and welcome back to The Socially Good Podcast. I'm John Gilbert and it's another solo show and it's going to be a challenging one because I've got five top tips cover a huge issue which is about the best ways to use social media within a behavioral change campaign. Now Eskimo Soup this is the core of what we do and that's what's challenging for me about it because I could wax lyrical about this for hours however that's not the format that you will want uh, as part of our solo shows so I'm going to try and be as succinct as I can. So my first tip is about using your brand to communicate with your audience rather than just creating a one-off campaign identity. Now, that might sound a little counterintuitive because those are the kind of projects that we are commissioned to deliver by the NHS, by the police, by large charities, by the government, local authorities. They've got a specific challenge that they want to meet. There's a particular target segment and a particular set of behaviours that they're seeking to influence in there as well. So, therefore, it stands to reason that it would be logical to create a campaign message and a brand um, that goes along with that. Now, that's true. Where it becomes tricky is when you introduce social media, because in order to do that effectively, if you're going to look at using things like a Facebook page, a Instagram account, a YouTube channel, you're going to have to build that community around that specific topic. And maybe that's not the smartest way of doing it. So you can look at your social media profile that you have within your organization and your brand and think, how can we leverage those particular channels rather than having to start again from scratch so that's not always going to be appropriate so i'll give give you a very simple example if you look at nhs organizations they may have a large twitter following but that tends to be people that are politically engaged who have some role within the NHS or within the stakeholder group that's in there as well. So they seem to be quite well-informed people who want to know what's going on in relation to that organisation. Now, of course, communicating with those people is really important, but if you're running a specific campaign around encouraging parents to make sure that their children are physically active about getting your vaccinations, about working with older people so that they understand access to NHS services over the Christmas period or so It's not always the right people that you, you reach in there as well. So it gives you a particular challenge. So your alternative is to, is to create a brand that is right for each one of those audiences. So we've done this in Hope. Um, Working with NHS Hull CCG, who are a very visionary organisation with a very visionary leadership. And they've seen the opportunity about a smarter way of communicating with young people in the city. The traditional model has always been let's create a campaign with a campaign name, a campaign logo, a campaign website, its own social media channels, which can be very effective when targeted in the right way. But the problem becomes resource and keeping it up to date because that can be destroy all of the credibility of anything. If you've got a account, that's just people out, nobody's responding to any questions or a website that's got out of date information on there. If you can leverage brand that stands for all things connected to health with young people, then you can be much, much more effective in the way that you're working because you don't have to invest in getting hundreds or thousands of followers for an Instagram account. If you do it well once, then you can push your messages out there more quickly. And also the really key thing that we've done in Hull on a project called Got Your Back um got your back the ethos on that being got uh, young people have got each other's back on a whole range of health and social issues it's a fantastic tool for research we have an engaged following on instagram who when we use instagram stories to ask them questions on a whole manner of things they will give you answers and they will give you insights within hours sometimes that otherwise is very very time consuming um, and not particularly effective to do through other channels yeah, Google Forms, Survey Monkey, things like that have got their place, but it's not, a natural, um, it's not a natural way of using your smartphone, for example. A much more natural way is to go onto Instagram and to Instagram Stories and have that level of interactivity of doing a short survey and so on so forth. Well. So we found that something that's really, really important. So what we've got here is something that is leveraging a brand, which is called Got Your Back. But it's there to meet the purposes of nhs hull ccg and its partners and by partners i also include the young people of hull because that is a project that is steered by a steering group of volunteers who make those strategic decisions about the direction that we're taking so it means that in this city we've got quite a unique resource that's available that can be leveraged for all manner of behavioral change campaigns without having to go through all of the painstaking research around what do we call it how are we going to build our online community what's our hook going to be how we're we going to launch it you've already got instant access to people that are engaged within that just to just on that point doesn't mean you're blasé with your messages so if you've got a particular campaign you still need to do that research but what i'm saying is you don't need to create a social media account for every single campaign because that's not sustainable if you've got one that's reaching out to a particular niche audience young people being the case of the example forgot your back, You've got something that is just going to be much more resource effective and our evidence is suggesting as well is going to be much more trusted and effective in terms of leading to behaviour change so my second tip for this is about making sure that you have positive information on your campaigns so in the case of young people again we know that they, they don't learn particularly well from warnings they learn a lot better from learning about the good news. So it's not like if you smoke, for example, you're going to die. It's more like if you don't smoke, you're more likely to be good at sport or to find a partner or whatever it is that motivates you within there as well. So social media campaigns around positive messages um, will work well, generally speaking, with with young people and people who are looking for a health change. So sort of take smoking or drinking. We all know smoking is bad for us. We know drinking too much is bad for us as well. We don't need to keep being reminded of that, although that's on what's on cigarette packets and things like that. What we need to do is show people a positive alternative to their behavior. My third tip is to remember that a lot of people are on social media because it's entertaining. So when you're putting something together, you've got to make sure that it is engaging in a way that people want to consume media. As human beings, we are fascinated by storytelling. So if you can bring storytelling into that, then you should do it, because that's the thing that really hooks people in. Something that we can relate to. Somebody's experience, who we watch or listen to or see, and we just think, yeah, that's like me, that, or that's like somebody I know. That's where the real power lies, and that's what social media is absolutely vital for. And when I mean entertainment, I don't always mean humour. A lot of humour is used very well on social media, and certainly we do that when a lot of our campaign work, but sometimes humour is not the right format in there. And that's where it's about making sure that you choose when to do it and when not to do it. In fact, I've given talks in the past about, in fact, I've done a master's in the appropriateness of humour um, within marketing. As somebody who's worked in comedy in the past and uses a lot of humour in our current campaigns as well, I'm not adverse to it whatsoever. Um, but I'm also the one that's the most cautious about whether or not that's the appropriate form for um, any kind of content. Because yeah, you might watch something and make people laugh, and they might even remember it, but will it actually influence behaviour? And... Um, Positivity and humour don't necessarily mean the same thing as well, so it should be something that's, that's tracked uh, quite carefully. My fourth tip on how you can use social media within a behaviour change campaign effectively is to just look at how people like using social media and mimic it. So you can look at things like egocentricity the Ice Bucket Challenge is a great example of how that was leveraged to raise awareness of ALS and all of the money that was raised around that. Very simple in what it was doing, but what it did is it put you at the center of it. It took you at the fear of before the uh, the ice went over your head um, and then the, the funny reactions to that. And it allowed people to be really creative as well, but putting themselves at the center of that issue and then being seen to be a good person, or a fun person, or a responsible person, in there. At the end of the day, that's what people want. That's what social media is e- e being increasingly used for, particularly with this generation of young people, where being an Instagram influencer or a YouTuber is a viable career alternative uh, to, to many of the things that, that we would have had. Well, I certainly had growing up. And then my fifth and final tip is around gamification. Use social media in a way that we can track people's behaviour change. Now, it's quite difficult to give you many practical examples of this, but the concept of gamification means that we are being rewarded for exerting the particular behaviours that we've been asked to display. So there's many great examples um, that have been done this on an experimental level. So there was a, a experiment that was done around increasing people's propensity to washing their hands within a hospital and different departments were tracked there about which department had the cleanest hands on an individual level who was washing their hands with soap most frequently there is now that an almost instant modification in people's behavior. It's not realistic that we're gonna rig cameras up into every aspect of our life. But as marketers, we have to be creative in that if we're asking somebody to change their behavior, I come back to my earlier point that young people in particular will respond to positive motivations rather than moving away from the negative it's about those kind of reward structures that are in place it doesn't mean that they get money or they get anything physical in there as such it could be about the status i mean you only have to look at i've got two kids who their profile on how well they're doing on a social media linked game or footballing game or whatever it is is really quite quite important to them is linked to the social status when they go to school so we're going to look at how you can track positive behavioral change in a way that rewards somebody or at least recognizes that they've done it linked to that is about social norms this is the idea that if you take the government's campaign that said nine out of ten people pay taxes on time This is all about nudge theory and so on like that saying nine out of ten people pay the taxes on time is better than saying one in ten people don't because it becomes a social norm and we as human beings generally want to conform with what is seen to be the most acceptable behavior in there so all of these things think together around when we're trying to change a behavior we're all in it together we're all doing it so we're doing some work at the moment around smoking prevention and cessation as well it's a good time to be doing it because we're working in a city where smoking has like like a third less people are smoking than they were five years ago. So we can build a social norm narrative around that, that more people are stopping smoking than ever before and fewer people are starting smoking than ever before. And those are the kind of positive messages that we need to build upon. And that's going to be much more effective than saying, did you know that smoking's bad for you, that can lead to lung cancer, et cetera. Having done this research, but having some data behind it, allows us to really build upon that. So in summary, the five tips around how to use social media for a behavioral change campaign is number one, is consider which brand you're going out. Can it be your own brand or do you need to create something that's appropriate for that target audience? And if you're gonna do that, consider maybe instead of having one that's about a specific campaign, could it be appealing to a particular segment? because that will help you in the medium and long term in terms of making sure that you are efficient with your resources. My second tip is to make sure that your work is positive. People go on social media for positivity and generally when it comes to behavior modification are more likely to respond to something that's positive than that it's negative. My third tip is around entertainment. Even if it's about morbid fascination on a particular issue, remember that that's what a lot of social media is for. You need to make sure it's appropriate in what you're doing. Do your research as as always, but consider that that's one of the powerful tools that you have in your arsenal. I know that's going to be quite difficult for some brands who've got like the NHS and like the police who can and can't do things as well. But going back to tip one, you can create a brand that's seen as a little bit independent from you that allows you to be a bit more creative in the way that you express messages. Fourth tip is around playing on egocentricity. So when it comes to social media and you're looking for that level of engagement with people, make sure that you give them an opportunity to put themselves at the center of it. So a few years ago, for example, one of the deterrence around smoking was about how he aged you and there were like online tools that were available now if those had been available as social media came to the forefront as well one effective way of doing it would be for encouraging people to put photographs of themselves of what they'd look like if they smoked for another 20 years it's a bit of fun puts you at the center of it but obviously it's it's got a message from it i do realize by the way that's a negative message not a positive message Um, so maybe maybe we do need to do a bit more creative thinking i just picked that as an example And then the fifth tip is also around playing into gamification, social norms, actually just kind of steering the the group of people that you're trying to influence towards, or nudging towards that positive influence in a way that they can track it, get some kind of instant gratification for that, and actually measure for themselves whether or not they're heading in the right direction. So as I said at the top, big, big, big topic this one. I could have spent an hour talking about each of those, And I realise I've scratched the surface on a lot of those issues there, but I hope that it's been useful, at least in terms of how you might think about developing a particular campaign and how social media can be used in its most effective way. I've been John Gilbert, and this has been the Socially Good Podcast. Thank you for listening.